Welcome to this episode of Northwest Passages, the show that features passages from books, poetry, or authors with a connection to the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host and producer, Douglas Furr, and today we'll feature a passage from the book Telemachus by Michael Daly, the former poet in residence for the Washington State Arts Commission, Skagit Valley Poetry Foundation, and a retired teacher from Mount Vernon High School. The book traces the life and death of a famous poet, as told by his artist son, who is retracing his father's life through his memories and the recollections of his friends. In this passage, the narrator's son recalls a time in Paris where he moved after living in the Pacific Northwest with his famous poet father, who'd recently died. Let's listen. So, says my uncle, now that he is ready, I'm not quite sure I want to know, and his one word tells me he thinks the story has been worth waiting for. Of course, his ordering the wine tells me he thinks I'm in for a shock. I'll just blurt it out, okay? Because you really ought to know that your mother had a good reason to distrust your grandmother, and it started when she was a little girl. I suppose all of this is third-hand information. I was away in the Czech Republic when it happened. I was fighting forest fires that summer, too, but that's neither here nor there. Wait, you were a firefighter in the Czech forest as well as in Paris? I didn't know you fought forest fires over here, too. When did you go to work on the arson squad? Was it after that? No, before. I stopped for two years and was smoke jumping. That's what we called what I did America. That summer, you know when. How old were you then? That summer? That's when I was 13. Ah, well, after I returned to the arson work. He was full of surprises. I knew him through my entire youth and most of my adulthood, and still his resume took new turns. But let me tell you, he said, taking a sip from his wine, okay? Your mother distrusted your grandmother, do we understand? Of course, that was perfectly obvious whenever she took me there. I was little, not stupid. No, of course not. He couldn't look at me as he began then. Instead, he gazed across the bridge toward Notre Dame. One day that summer when your mother was eight, she was standing on that wide veranda we had in the old house. Some talkative American woman at the next table began to laugh about something and he stopped, not, I hope, because he'd lost his train of thought. Wait, let me back up a little. I need to tell you about your grandfather. You never met him, did you? I had absolutely no memory of my grandfather, although from time to time my mother would quote things her father always used to say. He was a composer, although not a wildly successful one, I'm afraid. He did manage to sell several of his pieces, and if you recall, his symphony was performed here in Paris two years ago. But he did indeed work at his music for days at a time, alone, in a room with the door closed, and not to be opened except by him from inside with the pianos, where his composition drafts were strewn about on the floor. He was a quiet man. He smiled as if he were a cat while standing perfectly still. Tall and thin as a pipe, he never hugged us or her as I remember. At least I cannot imagine when I think of them ever hugging or when I have looked at the old photographs ever showing affection to one another in our presence. My mother, though, did have a baby that winter, Cecile. And soon thereafter, my father retreated to his room to compose, he said, a celebratory sonata to newly born. And that summer when the baby was six months old and your mother was eight is when my mother, I think, was feeling the stress more than she ever had. 
And let me remind you that she had already raised quite a handful of us, five to be precise, and obviously many years apart, all of us in age. August, how old was my grandmother when Cecile was born? Cecile, yes, she was the baby girl who left the family and you never heard her story before she came to your town. None of us knew everything about what happened to her. Well, let me tell you as much of the story as I know, and it might explain why you didn't meet her sooner. My mother's stress in raising this baby was so great, Robert, that she had a mental breakdown. And on a ridiculously hot summer evening, she came out onto the veranda with the screaming baby wrapped quite tightly in a blue blanket. Yes, blue. I am sure of it. At least so I was told by Solange. Your mother, the little girl then, and Solange were already on the veranda. Solange was our neighbor. She was 24. My mother, who was 36 then, by the way, came up to them holding the baby and she had tears in her eyes. Solange asked if she could help. Could she try holding the baby for a while? My mother said no. Indeed, this was her lot in life, her small skill to take care of children. No, she could not compose or make great art, but this child was certainly a symbol, such a clear, vibrant, throbbing, screaming symbol of his love, of his love for her. When I asked her, Solange said she couldn't tell if my mother was being sarcastic or if she really did worship my father so much that she believed totally in what she was saying. Solange did say, though, that her voice was rising as she spoke this. She was, in fact, screaming the word love to Solange. Then she took three steps backward and began to rock the child so fiercely, savagely even, her eyes wide, that Solange stood up and came toward her very slowly. It was then my mother rushed over to the railing, very much like the one you painted so well, Bobby, and told Solange to stay where she was. She held the baby up higher now. She was threatening to fling our little sister from that height down onto the street. Solange remained calm. Your mother was standing behind Solange, standing still, not moving. Remember, she was a child. Solange spoke in a soothing voice and kept asking my mother to please let her hold the beautiful child. She told me she repeated that as often as she could. The beautiful child, the lovely baby, the innocent, this newborn. And yet she knew she would fail as she mentioned my father and how much he would be hurt by this. She did not know what to call what my mother might have been contemplating. My mother, after about 15 minutes, became as if numb. Both she and the baby had stopped crying. She sat down on the floor of the veranda and allowed Solange to take the child from her arms. Your mother almost instantly took the baby Solange held out to her and hurried away, off the veranda and out of the house. That passage was from the book Telemachus by Michael Daly. You can read more about the book and the author on the publisher's website, Pleasure Boat Studio. Thanks to Connie Fur for her, her always excellent reading. Listen for Northwest Passages on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 6 p.m. right here on 91.5 KSQM. Northwest Passages is a KSQM Studios production. Mm-hmm.